You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. You have not because you ask not, the Bible says. How many of you need some strength for this week? Yeah, yeah. Now be careful what you ask for, because whenever you ask for strength, the Lord just kind of gives you an opportunity to be strong. So be watching for that. How many of you need some grace throughout the next week? Oh, certainly, certainly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find uh, help in time of need, right? So make sure that we are asking, asking for the right reasons. Um, but I love that. I love that parable that the Lord said. The Lord certainly had a sense of humor. I love being able to read the Bible, and sometimes I just get in a laughing, in a laughing fit when I read of some of the things that Jesus said. Like when the apostles came up to him and said, "You know, Jesus, what you just said offended the Pharisees," and he basically says. See how many cares, you know, that I give about that. Uh, but anyways, uh, at one point he was saying, you know, you fathers, if your child were to come up to you and ask you for bread, would you give him a rock? Of course they would say no. No, absolutely not. And if they asked you for a fish, would you give them a serpent? No, of course not. So if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly father give good gifts to them that ask him? Jesus, I, I loved his teaching. Simple, so simple that a child could understand. A wading pool that an infant could go in and never drown. And yet, an ocean that would take an adult lifetimes to understand fully. Last Wednesday, we had kind of a unique service. Many of us weren't able to be here uh, because of the weather and everything going on. But uh, we honestly just took some time, took about an hour to sing and to give testimony and to praise the Lord for who he is and what he's done. It was certainly a unique service. But the Lord taught me a lesson uh, last week that I never want to forget, and it gave me the idea for this message tonight. Praising time is never wasting time. Whenever you praise the Lord, you're never wasting time. There should be some times in your prayer, in your prayer time, you should keep a prayer journal. If you ever have any questions about that, I found something that works for me. You should keep a prayer journal. And, uh, but every now and then, I'd say even once a week wouldn't be too many, uh, where you say, Lord, you know everything that's in here. You know everything that I need, but I just want to take some time to praise you and thank you for all that you are and all that you've done for me. And instead of writing down requests, again, that he already knows what they are, why don't you write down what he's done for you over the last week? Just take a little time to count your blessings. It'll surprise you what the Lord's done. But I felt more energized after last week than I'd felt in a long while. Uh, just being able to hear you sing and getting to play in the orchestra and seeing everybody's hands go up and we were, we were giving time for uh, requests and everything, I truly enjoyed it. Because there's something special, there's something special about taking time to praise the Lord. You could do that through prayer, certainly, and we should. Uh, you could do that through singing. There's a reason that we sing as a church. That is time to praise the Lord uh, for all that he has done. Uh, for us. You can share testimonies. It can happen during preaching, and I try to praise the Lord whenever I preach. And remember, preaching doesn't always happen on a pulpit. It happens in the public when you witness, and that's a big way, and that's what we're going to learn tonight. A big way that you can praise the Lord is by witnessing to somebody else, because think of what you're doing. What are you being a witness of? You are telling people what you have seen and what you have heard about Jesus Christ. That's it, and you can't do that without praising him. 
But let me ask you this. Even though we have so many different ways in which we can praise the Lord, we don't praise him enough, do we? We really don't praise him enough. Uh, Can it be said, and this is another one of our man overboard messages, can it be said that we abound in praise to the Lord? That we go overboard in our praise to the Lord? And if not, why not? Why not? Do we not have good reason to give praise to the Lord? Oh yeah, absolutely, sir. Think of the times in our life when we praise men, when we give praise to men. And I am certainly not comparing praising God to praising men. We are nowhere even close. But it's the same idea as far as giving praise to somebody. So, for instance, parents, think of when we take time to give praise to our children. Maybe we say, hey, I saw what you did the other day, and I just want to let you know that that was a wonderful thing that you did. That's praise, giving praise to your child. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa Keith, Kai, that video of Kai saying Psalm 23. That was an incredible thing. And I enjoyed seeing everybody kind of comment underneath. Way to go, Kai. You did a wonderful job. We were praising him you know, for, for what he had done. Sometimes, maybe you see your daughter or whoever, you can say, Sonia, I saw how you did your chores the other day, and you did it exactly how I told you to do it. That was, that was wonderful. That was good. That's good obedience. Good job. That's praising your children. And we should. You know, we always jump down their throat when they do something wrong. We should take a little time to tell them when they're doing something right. Make sure that we have the right balance there. Husbands, think about when we praise our wives or vice versa. We say, you know, honey, I saw out of your way today to take care of me, and I truly appreciate it. I, I showed one of the greatest acts of love today to Miss Tracy. I opened up a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, and in every bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, there is one that seemed to have gone through the soft thing two or three times. You know what I'm talking about, and you save that one till last. Am I the only one, or is anyone here going to testify with me? You know exactly what I'm talking about, and I saved it. I saved it and I gave it to her. That is love. If that isn't love, the ocean is dry. Think of when we praise the children's choir or when we, when we talk to a teen group after they sing. We say, wow, you guys sounded amazing. You really did a good job. That's, that's praising them. We give praise when we're pleased with someone. We give praise when somebody does something good or when they show an admirable quality, right? We praise people when praise is earned, correct? Parents don't praise their children when they're being disobedient. Wives don't praise their husbands when they're being disobedient. So praise is given when praise is earned. We don't give praise when praise isn't due. And I want to quote this verse to you, Psalm 29:2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. When a bill is due, let's go ahead and look. I hear pages rustling. Go ahead, keep your spot in Psalm 107, and we'll turn to Psalm 29, and you can mark it in your Bible, because it truly is an incredible choice of words by the Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 29 and verse 2. By the way, church, I like that. I like when I say a verse and I hear rustling pages to go over and to mark it and maybe do a little cross-reference. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. 
Bible that's marked up and falling apart, it usually means that the person who owns it is not falling apart. So make sure you get to know your Bible and mark through it. But chapter 29 of Psalm, verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. You should underline that word or, or circle that word. Think about this. When a bill is due, you have no choice but to pay it. To say that something is, well, you do have a choice, but legal. <laughs> All of the people laughing are behind on their bills right now. So, to say that something is due is to imply, to imply something that is needful, not something that is optional. When you get that bill in the mail and say, this is your balance due, that is them telling you, on this date, we better have this. And if not, you're going to hear from us, right? And the Bible says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Now, I want to give three statements here about this, this topic before we get into the message of praising the Lord. Abounding in praise. Statement number one. There is never a time when God doesn't have glory due unto his name. No matter our circumstances, hear me, no matter our circumstances, we always have a payment of glory due unto his name. Now, you may say, well, I just finished praising him yesterday. There's another payment due. You might say, I spent a lot of time in prayer this morning thanking him for literally everything that I could think of. There's another payment due. There is never a time when God doesn't have glory due unto his name. That's statement number one. Statement number two, there are often times when we are overdue in our payments. There is never a time when God isn't due glory to his name. There are often times when we are overdue in our payments. How often do we go days, weeks, sometimes even months without taking time to thank the Lord for who he is and all he's done? And I'm not talking about... There, I, I remember seeing a, a friend of mine that I grew up on the basketball team, and he practiced and practiced and practiced to be on the team. He finally made the team. I had a dad that was very supportive. And yes, he, he would always find the one thing I did wrong, and he would start with that, but then he would go through all the things that, but you did this and you did that, and I really saw that, and you're improving in this area. Very supportive. And I saw one time when my friend had an amazing game, did a great job. Uh, his job, he, he wasn't a real offensive player. He was a defensive player. And I remember the coach telling him, that's their best player. You stick on him. You, you stay on him like steam on rice. You know, don't get off of him and everything and all that stuff. Asian food's on my mind today. And he did it. And he kept that player who usually averaged 20 to 30 points a game, he kept him to two. And we won the game because of it. And I remember seeing him going up to his dad. Dad, did you see what I did? Yes, yeah, son, you did a good job. And that was it. And I remember going to the locker room and he was down for the rest of the day. Did his dad praise him? Sure. But it wasn't, wasn't anything heartfelt. It wasn't anything meaningful. So when we praise the Lord, is it just something, Lord, thank you for this day. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. We could do better than that. But there are often times when we are overdue in our payments. Statement number three. When we do praise the Lord, Let's learn how to pay him more than the minimum amount. But let's be honest. <laughs> Could we ever overpay? Could we ever overpay? Even if we spent every day, every hour, every moment 
of every day for the rest of our life praising the Lord? Would, ever, would it ever be considered too much? May I remind you, there are four angels in heaven whose sole purpose is to sit, well, not sit, fly around the throne and praise the Lord for all of eternity. That's it. That is their job. And I don't think they complain about it one time. They cease not day and night to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. That's it. For all of eternity. That is their job. We're going to hear that someday. We'll hear it from their very mouths. Four angels. That is the only reason why they were created. There is never a time when we could not praise the Lord. Therefore, there is never a time when we should not praise the Lord. There's always glory due to his name. I'm afraid, though, most of us, if not all of us, would have to admit I'm a little behind in my payments. Why? Why, when we have such an incredible God that we serve? If just taking an hour last week was a shot in the arm for you and I, if just taking an hour last week to sing, if just that hour could bring such joy to our hearts, what would happen if we truly learned to give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name? So I was reading through Psalm 107, and I was telling my wife, I have got to stop telling people what my favorite book of the Bible is or what my favorite Bible character is or favorite verse, all of that, because it changes pretty much every week. As of now, this is my favorite psalm. Change tomorrow when I read Psalm 108, but as of now, this is my favorite psalm. It's in, it's in every way incredible. And I wanted to preach a message that covered the whole chapter, but I found out that it's going to be more like five messages. Uh, so this is going to be a series within a series of abounding in praise. And I'm really just going to be able to go over one of my five points that I had uh, tonight. But I'd like, us, like to remind us in this series the fact that God is worthy to be praised. And in order to remind us the fact that God is worthy to be praised, I want to remind us the reasons why he's worthy to be praised. And the great thing is, I don't have to use my own words, because those two reminders, the fact that God is worthy and the reasons why God is worthy, is pretty much the entire message of Psalm 107. If you read Psalm 107, you cannot read it without being reminded that God is always and forever worthy of our praise because it shows us everything that he's done. It shows us all that he is for you and I. So why, may I ask, why is God worthy of abundant praise? I feel that we should pray before we go forward. Lord, I can sense that there are some here that have a lot on their mind. Lord, there are bills coming due and not this, this bill that we are talking about, this spiritual bill. Lord, there are many things going on in people's minds. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to focus in during this time, remove all distractions, Please, Lord, let your Holy Spirit roam freely. Use me, Lord, I pray. Help us in this matter of praise. We'd live a happier life. We'd be more joyful. Lord, I understand that there are always things that are not praiseworthy. And we can choose to focus on that if we wish. But, Lord, you also say in your word in Philippians, if there be any praise, think on these things. Help us to think on these things tonight. We'll give you all the glory and honor for it. We ask this in your name. Amen. Why is God worthy of abundant praise? 
This was supposed to be point one of five points, but it's going to be my entire message tonight. He redeemed us from bondage. I'm going to say that again. There are some things that we can say amen about, and that would be one of them. He redeemed us from our bondage. Look in verse 1 through 3 again. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. To be redeemed, to be bought back, deem, purchase, re, again. To be purchased again. Now, why would that be necessary? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Are we here tonight? Are we good? Are we all right, church? Okay. I'm just making sure. I feel alone up here. We all right? Okay. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, it's Romans 23. All right. Every man and woman who has ever walked into this, on this earth, except our Lord, has chosen to sin. And when you choose to sin, we become the slaves of sin. We cannot open our hearts to the pleasures of sin without opening up our hands to the shackles of sin. You can't have one and not the other. We can't charge the credit card of sin, if you will, and then not pay the balance when it comes due. And it always comes due. And it doesn't take long, does it? It doesn't take long to realize, I can't afford to pay that. So then, we find ourselves, and this is pretty much all home crowd here tonight. I believe everybody here is saved, has made a profession of faith. So that's how I'm going to approach it tonight. When we realize we can't afford that balance, we soon find ourselves, and I'm going to kind of use this analogy here, and it's going to be pretty much the, the body of the whole message. We find ourselves in the prison of sin, and we can't find the key. We can't find the key to get out, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we kick and we scream and we pull at the bars and we shake and we say, devil, because the devil's walking around outside our cell all the time laughing at us, mocking us. And as much as we say, devil, let me out. I don't want to be here anymore. I changed my mind. Get me the key. Where's the key? Let me out of here. He looks back at you and, he's, and he reminds us, doesn't he? Now we're saved now. But he reminded us when we were in that bondage of sin. Let me remind you, you chose to be here. He reminds us of that every day. Those chains around your legs, you chose to put those on. Those shackles around your hand, you chose to put those on. You're the one who closed the door. You're the one who, you're the one who told you wanted to be here. voice, the devil says, the only way out of here is if somebody purchases your freedom. Your only way out of here is if somebody redeems you. But then what did he tell us? Who would ever pay the price for your sin? Who would ever pay for the freedom of somebody so wicked and wretched and vile as you? 
You're here and you're staying. So what did we do? We screamed back, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do push-ups and I'm going to do pull-ups until I'm strong enough to break out of here myself. I'm going to work my way out. And we start going to town, right? Doing all these works. Pull-ups, push-ups, and shadow boxing and all of that, running in place. And the devil just laughing at us the entire time. Good luck with that. Good luck. One sin, one sin brings a link on that chain so heavy, so hard, so adamant that it's enough to take you to hell for all. Good luck with your works. So then some of us looked back and said, well, my priest will get me out. The devil said, you mean the guy in the cell next to you? <laughs> we looked over, Father, hail Mary. <laughs> yeah. And then we say, well, my religion will redeem me. And he goes, religion? I started most of those. And he says, face it. Your sin is too black. These chains are too heavy. These bars are too strong. This prison is too isolated. And you are too wicked to ever escape this place. You're mine. You're mine. And you chose to be mine. And for many of us, it was years. For me, it was 13 years. I grew up in that prison, not being able to get out. Pastor, didn't you grow up in church? Yes. But I still grew up in that prison. For some of you, it was decades. You spent the strongest years of your life in that prison. Prison of your own making. A slave to sin. And no matter how hard we tried, those chains held us fast. And with each passing day, the chain just kept growing. Because every time we sinned, every time we did something, every time we committed a sin or omitted a right, kept on adding more and more and more. But one day we heard news. Good news. News that seemed too good to be true. Somebody walked up to our jail cell who didn't have chains on them. And they were kind of looking around through the bars. We asked, who are you? Oh, don't, I'm sorry. This used to be my cell. Well, you don't have chains anymore. You don't have any. How did you get out? The devil, the devil doesn't have any power, seem to have any power over you. What's, what's going on? And they told us that there, were somebody, there was somebody who had the keys to our cell. And it wasn't the devil. See, we always thought the devil had the keys to our cell, because that's how he was talking. But they told us, no, 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 somebody else has the keys. Somebody who purchased the keys with his own blood. Easy, Brother Dusty. Just go for it. Just go for it. It'll be all right. And they told us there was not only someone able to free us, there was somebody willing. And not just to free us, but to redeem everybody in the prison. Everyone. And his name was Jesus. And we heard that he loved us, even though we were sinners. See, the devil was telling us no one will love you when you're a sinner. He always told us that. You're too wretched, you're too vile, you're too wicked. And he's the accuser. He didn't have to lie. 
He never had to lie about me. He never had to come up and say, you're too wicked. I knew that. In fact, he was probably being nice. He never had to make up something that I did. He never had to make up something that I thought. He never had to make up something that I didn't do. He just told me the truth about myself and made me feel completely unlovable. But here comes somebody knocking on the outside of our cell saying somebody does love you just as you are. Even though you're a sinner, somebody loves you. We heard that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We heard that by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, works, lest any man should boast. We heard that he gave his life to prove his love, and then rose again to prove his power. If anyone could save us, it, who is this person? If anyone could save us, it must be him. If anyone would save us, it would be him. Who else is so loving? Who else is so powerful? If you ever ran into someone who was willing to free you, they weren't able. And usually when someone is able to do something, they're not willing. Trust me, I've talked to many millionaires. Hey, you know, just cut me a check for a portion. <laughs> you know, you're able. I would tithe off of it. We started looking around, and it was strange. Many, many other people in the prison refused to believe. They refused to believe that it could be that simple. So they kept on trying to get out on their own, and they wouldn't call. They wouldn't call in the name. See, you can't, you can't call upon someone you don't believe in. How should they call on whom they have not believed? Many others said they liked the prison. So they stayed. But can you, go back, can you go back to the day? Can you go back to the day in your life? It's July 6, 2004 for me. Can you go back to the day in your life when down in that prison of sin, you understood that you were bound? You understood that you were in a prison of your own making and that without Jesus, you would be in that prison you would die in that prison and you would go to hell for all of eternity. But can you go back to that moment of faith? You simply and you humbly and you desperately said, Lord, save me. And immediately, in a moment, your chains fell off. There was no hesitation. In a moment, your chains fell off. The door flew wide open and the devil couldn't say anything. He just... And we just heard three words, come, follow me. We had been redeemed. Not with corruptible things, as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. In a moment, free. That's simple, free. All the chains gone. The cell door that was impenetrable, by everybody else, flung open wide, free. Come follow me. And why, may I ask, would anybody refuse to follow the one who paid such a price to redeem us from our enemies? Why would anyone refuse to live for the one who died for them.
I don't understand that. But let me go further and ask. And here's the main part of the message that I want us all to get. How could anybody, Christian, how could you, how could I, who experienced such freedom, such liberty, such redemption, do anything but praise the one who redeemed us? How can we do anything but praise the one who paid the penalty, who paid the balance that we racked up? Look in verse 2 of Psalm 107. Are you back in Psalm 107 or are you in Psalm 29? Psalm 107, verse 2. Can we read those first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When's the last time you said so? Are you redeemed? Say so. You know what that's saying? Why don't you praise the Lord for it? The one who redeemed you from the hand of your enemies. And not just us, but people from the east and people from the west and people from the north and people from the south. He died for all. He died for the sins of the entire world. But how's the world going to know if the redeemed of the Lord don't say so? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There are people still down in that prison who need to hear. They need to hear about the one who is willing and who is able to redeem them from their bondage. When's the last time you just walked into a grocery store and you whistled? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Have you never done that before? Have you ever gone into a grocery store? I can't whistle right now. I need to wet my whistle. Fine, I'll sing it. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. When's the last time you did that? Oh, I wish the kids were here. Uh, what's, what's their favorite song? I'm living on the mountain, underneath the cloudless sky. Praise God! When's the last time you've done that? It's okay. You're weird enough. You can't get any weirder. Just go for it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I started that way too high, so I'm going to stop it. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of a spirit, washed in blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Or are we just going to... Seriously, why are we so miserable? It's sad. Let them hear you sing. Let them hear you praise. Let them hear you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let them hear you say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. But life is bad. But he is good. Amen. And his mercy endureth forever. Everyone take a breath for me. 
That was God's mercy. You did not deserve that breath. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Let them hear. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Not serve the Lord with obligation. Not serve the Lord on cruise control. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Let them see us walk and talk and live in praise to the one who redeemed us from his own blood instead of abounding and complaining, which many of us do. We have a doctorate in complaining. The only thing we're missing is the diploma. Instead of abounding and complaining and abounding and grumbling and abounding in worry and abounding in fear and hopelessness and doubts and this cloud over our head, we need some Christians who will abound in praise. Is he not worthy? He redeemed us from our bondage and we're walking around like Eeyore. We need more tiggers. You all, know, you all know what we're talking about. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Tigger is crazy. No, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Here's what's crazy. What's crazy is putting ourselves in a prison of sin. That was crazy. You know what else was crazy? Thinking that we were going to get out on our own. That was crazy. You know what else is crazy? Once we're being Once we're redeemed and once we're free, not say anything about it. That's what's crazy. Knowing that there are people still in that prison that we are free from, not because of anything that we have ever done, but because someone loved you enough to tell you about Jesus and we are not going to do it. That is what's crazy. What's crazy is having a powerful, perfect, loving, merciful, just, righteous, compassionate Savior and not praising his name for who he is and what he's done. That is what's crazy. And I'm, I'm fine with being called crazy by man. As long as God sees I'm all right. And he said, give unto the, glory, uh, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. I heard a preacher say the other day, if you're not being called crazy by somebody in your life, you're not even trying. If your neighbor doesn't think you're crazy, getting up every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and going out there and and in the freezing cold, you realize there's ice on the road. Yep. But that's all right. I see ice on the road as a shortcut to heaven. No problem at all. The Lord can take me. If your coworkers don't think you're crazy, you don't have a little crazy in you, You're not even trying. When I see someone who says they're a Christian, but they never praise the Lord, something's wrong. Mark it down, something's wrong. When you can stand in a service when everyone else is singing, I'm on the winning side, and you're, out and sin no more will I. I've enlisted in the hunt. How many verses are in the song? (laughs) Something's wrong. Possible you've never been redeemed. Or, even though you're free, you're back in the prison. 
You have found a way to put yourself back in the prison. And how foolish is that? Because you're sitting there in the same cell and the door's still open. You could walk. But you're just going to sit in that cell. The chains are there. They're no longer around your hands. They cannot be put back on. You, you can wrap yourself around it. The key, it's, it's already been open. But we're just going to sit there. There is no one more miserable, nobody more miserable than someone free living in the prison of sin. Nobody more miserable. Now, church, I get it, okay? I get it. Life isn't all peaches and cream and sunflowers and tulips. I understand that. I told the, the teens at times, look, guys, sometimes the motto of life is you're born, it's hard, and then you die. It, and it's, life isn't fair. And I get that life isn't fair. Sometimes I wish it wasn't fair in my favor, but it never is. But just life just isn't fair. But even Jesus said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. But it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what circumstances. It doesn't matter where we are or who we are or, or anything. God is still God. God is still good. If we're up on the mountain or if we're in the valley of the shadow of death, God is still God. God is still good. And that means that there is still glory due unto his name. Amen. There may be problems, but you're redeemed. Your health may not be what it used to be, but you're redeemed. You may not be able to do everything that we, you wanted to do this year, but you're redeemed. Business may not be going well, but you're redeemed. School may be difficult, but you're redeemed. Family problems, but you're redeemed. Frustrations, but you're redeemed. Man keeps disappointing you, but you're redeemed. Your schedule is crazy, but you're redeemed. And your schedule is never too full to praise the Lord. It never is. Give him the glory due unto his name. He redeemed us from our bondage. What a savior we have. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistccx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.